When I was small, I had a kitten, a soft, sweet little thing. We played all day. It was a sheltered life. Sometimes, my mother told me stories of her past, and I longed to see more of the world. And then I grew up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everything. All of it. Yes. All gone. Mama? Your father made an investment in sugar. He did it in good faith. But the ship went down. So did the cargo. We've lost everything, Agnes. The coach house and stable were let. The two maidservants dismissed. To save expense, my sister and I undertook to keep the garden in order. All the cooking and household work was done by my mother and sister, with a little help from me. I say a little because I was still a child in their eyes. My father tormented himself. It's my fault. If I hadn't invested... You wanted to give us a better life. But you warned me not to. John, Agnes will hear, and Mary. It breaks my heart to see you work so hard. When I think of the sacrifices you made, write to your family. I'd rather starve. Your father might help you. You and the girls. He turned his back on me when I married you. Do you think I want his help? (laughs) You need to rest, John. You're making yourself ill. But no money. No money. What have I done to you and the girls? How will we survive? Thus, his mind preyed upon his body, until, action by action, his health was seriously impaired. I had to think of a way to help. Could I do that? No, it's too heavy, love. Could I clean the range? I'll do it later. What can I do? Uh, Help your sister? Mary says she doesn't need me either. Oh, why don't you feed the cat? You're so good with her, so kind. I began to form an idea. Governess. No. I won't even hear of it. I like children. You don't know any children. I like animals. You think they're the same? I don't pretend I could instruct girls of my own age, but little ones I could. You've barely left the front gate. I'm 16. Girls of 12 have more experience than you. That's because you never let me do anything. How would you cope in a house full of strangers with a whole parcel of children, yourself included, and and no one to look to for advice? You wouldn't even know what clothes to put on them. You've no idea how lonely it is. 
A governess is not one of the family and she is not one of the servants. She's not even considered a rational living creature. She's nothing. Over the weeks, my father's health deteriorated. Do you need water? Mm. Yeah. You're a good little one. I want to do something. I want to be a governess. Agnes? He's not getting any better, is he? You have to let me help. And so my mother promised to assist me with my endeavours. She wrote to my father's relations, her own relations she had dropped all communication with, and I was found a position with the two young children of a certain Mr and Mrs Bloomfield. It'll be good for me. It's not so far away. So there's no need to cry. <laughs> you see? I have to make my way in the world. How long and tedious the week seemed as I prepared to leave. And yet, as my last night approached, a sudden anguish seemed to swell my heart. Goodbye, clock. Goodbye, window. Goodbye, rug. Goodbye, father. Agnes, I'll wait for you. I could scarcely keep my eyes from overflowing. Now, remember all I've told you. I will. Always address the children as miss and master. I will. Parents do not like to be told their children's faults. I know. Don't answer back. Never punish. Your job is to submit. I'll remember. I love you, darling. I love you too, Mama. Look after Father. And Mary. Write to me. As we drove along, I thought about the new life ahead of me and my spirits revived. Yet when we entered the lofty iron gateway, when we approached the new but stately mansion, I wished it were a mile or two further. There was no retreating now. But if Mr and Mrs Bloomfield were kind people, I might do very well. What is the matter, Mr. Bloomfield? The mutton is the matter, Mrs. Bloomfield. I trust you will like the fish. What kind of fish? I don't know what kind of fish. I just told the cook to get fish. Well, that beats everything. A lady professes to keep house and doesn't even know what fish is for dinner. You are not eating, Miss Gray? I'm not hungry. You have not been away from home before? No. Your father was a clergyman? Yes. I gather he is ill. Your mother was from a good family, but she married beneath her, I think. Uh, and then he lost everything, isn't that right? Your poor mother. I wonder she doesn't write to her family for help. 
I suppose that is why she sent you away. You will find the children not advanced in their attainments, but they are clever and very apt to learn, especially our son. He is the flower of the flock. His sister is... delicate. The following morning, I met my new charges. where they chose to lead me and must run, walk or stand exactly as it suited their fancy and they seemed to prefer the dirtiest places I was in constant fear Pray, what in the devil's name are you doing? I can't get them in, sir. But I insist on their being got in. They're not even wearing coats. They wouldn't put them on, they won't listen Come in, you filthy brats or I'll horsewhip you There, you see, it's easy But for me, it was not so. In vain, over the following weeks, I argued, coaxed, scolded. In vain, I was kind. In vain, I was angry. Mary Ann apparently preferred rolling on the floor to any other amusement, whilst her brother liked making bird traps. Papa says birds are a nuisance. And what do you do when you've caught the birds? Sometimes I give them to the cat. Sometimes I slice them up. The next one I mean to roast alive. Why would you do such a horrible thing? To hear it scream. Does your father know? He says it's being a man. And your mamma? Oh, she doesn't matter. She's a woman. I was exhausted. I was lonely. But I told myself I was doing this for my family. My dear Agnes, your father is no better. But yesterday we took a short walk to see the wild pansies. Mr Richardson from the next parish has dropped by a few times to see Mary. I believe they are growing fond of each other. We speak of you all the time. Your loving mother. Very quiet in here. Thank you, sir. I was just reading a letter. What are the children doing? They're grounding eggshells, madam. I beg your pardon? They wanted to take some from a nest. I said no. I found these broken eggs instead, and now they are mashing them. They're happy. You're giving my children broken eggshells? I didn't see the harm in it. To mash? I didn't want them hurting anything. But birds? There's no harm in children hurting birds. Otherwise you make cowards of them. After this, Mr and Mrs Bloomfield were continually looking in to see if the schoolroom was in order. And as the children were continually littering the floor, I spent all my time on my hands and knees. Winter turned to spring. Come with me, Marianne. Yes, sir. Look what I have. Leslie's. Careful, Master Tom, they're tiny. 
Give one to me, Tom. No. They're all mine. What are you going to do? I'm going to roast them, one by one. Tom, take them back to the place where you found them. I order it. Call me Master Tom. I won't call you anything until you take those birds back. I will not. Then I will. You daren't. If you do, I'll call Mama and Papa. I don't care. I shall do what I think right. I shall turn them slowly over the flames. <laughs> what are you doing with that stone? At the risk of making myself sick. At the risk of incurring the wrath of my employers, I lifted the stone. I closed my eyes. You dropped it? Yes. On a nest of birds? I am stunned, Miss Grey. When a boy's amusements consist in, in hurting other creatures, it is, it is my duty to interfere. You hardly showed mercy. You killed them in the most shocking manner imaginable. I didn't want to. I was trying to save them pain. The truth is, Miss Grey, that since your arrival, the children have made no improvement. Though they are superior to most children, they are behind in attainments. Their manners are uncultivated and their tempers unruly. Please, you are dismissed. And so I sought my home again. Unable, after all my boasting, to keep my place for as much as a year. No matter what the next family were like, I had to try again. <laughs> With my father ill and our fortunes lost, I had decided to leave home and make my way in the world. A governess? Well, you have no idea how lonely it is. Come in, you filthy brats, or I'll horsewhip you. The next one, I mean to roast alive. You are dismissed. For a few months, I remained at home in the quiet enjoyment of liberty and genuine friendship. But it could not last. I needed to find more work. But why, Agnes? <laughs> Our debts are almost paid. Father's no better, Mama. He can't work. The best I can do is look for a new situation. And supposing the next child tries to torture a bird? Not everyone is like the Bloomfields. No. Some are worse. Even if I should stumble on such a family again, I have all this experience now. Well, my darling, you are not easily discouraged. I'm glad of that. After the Bloomfields, I would think you'd had enough. The advertisement was written and dispatched. Of the two parties who answered it, only one would consent to give me the sum my mother bade me name as my salary. But, Agnes, this family lives over 70 miles away. At least I will see something of the world. And these are not young children like the Bloomfields. They're barely a few years younger than you. But they're more respectable. They won't treat me like a servant. No. They will treat you worse. But it was agreed. I would become governess to the family of Mr Murray of Horton Lodge. No matter what they were like, I must do my best to keep this situation. The 31st of January was a wild, stormy day. There was a strong north wind with snow whirling through the air. 
You won't stop at home. One more night. I can't. Right. I will. Often. Let me know how father is. Mary, too. And if there's any change, I'll send for you. Go on now. All day I sat in the carriage with the cold, sharp snow drifting through my veil and filling my lap. At length, we arrived before the stately portico of a large house with long windows. What lay ahead of me this time? Hello? journey. Indeed it has. We expected you this morning. Mum. Well, uh, you're here now. Matilda? Yes, Mama. Rosalie? Mm-hmm. Rosalie, stop gazing at your reflection and take a candle. Show the new governess her room. I followed a strapping girl of 14 with her short frock and trousers and her sister, Rosalie, a very pretty girl of about 16, to a small but comfortable chamber. you, Miss Brown. We don't like lessons. It's Grey. What? My name. <laughs> She's called Grey. <laughs> Bloody hell. Wait till I tell the stable boys. <laughs> Alone at last, I sat down beside the fire and gave in to a hearty fit of weeping. <laughs> It was with a strange feeling of desolation, mingled with the strong sense of the novelty of my situation and a joyless kind of curiosity as to what would happen next, that I woke the next morning. I felt dropped into an unknown land, completely isolated from everything I'd known before. When I raised my blind, a wild, white wilderness was all that met my gaze. Miss Grey. There are a few rules I need you to understand. You will remember your station and exercise no authority. Is that clear? Yes, Mrs Murray. You will be mild and gentle, always. Yes. You will address the girls as Miss Murray and Miss Matilda. They are not your friends. Of course. And remember, if they do anything improper, it is not your place to punish them. Make them as happy as you can, Miss Gray, and I dare say you will do well. Uh, What lessons shall I begin with? French? Music? What do they know? No. They don't know anything. They're girls. And so I began my stay at Horton Lodge. 
Matilda cared nothing about the cultivation of her mind. Oh, damn it! This is just plaguy nonsense! I'm going outside. And Rosalie knew all her charms. French, Grey? Why do I need to learn French? Whilst receiving my instructions or repeating what they had learned, they would lounge upon the sofa, lie on the rug, stretch, yawn, talk to each other, or look out of the window. <sighs> the fact is, I don't need to know all this. One day I'll be married. Oh, it's a devil of a nice day. Can't I go riding? I sometimes felt degraded by the life I led, but for the sake of my family, I smothered my pride and struggled on. Weeks turned to months. My father's health remained the same. But I kept my post. One afternoon, as I was entering the schoolroom, I happened to catch the two sisters in conversation. I guess she's not bad. She doesn't shout. She doesn't say anything nice. No, but she doesn't say anything horrible. She never hits us. When she's in a nice mood, she talks. She almost looks pretty when she smiles. She's always thinking of what's right and wrong. She has such a liking for good people. Yes, that is a bit bloody tedious. <laughs> but that's what they have to do, old maids. <sighs> Won't she get married? Of course not. She's a governess. <sighs> they had not even noticed me standing there. I left the schoolroom without a word. At 18, Miss Murray was to make her debut at a ball which her mamma proposed to give to all the choice nobility in the district. And she was not the only one who was excited. I was going home for Christmas. Grey, what are you up to? I'm reading a letter from my mother. She's telling me all the things we're going to do. Well, do stop. I'm sure my talk must be far more interesting. What do you want to tell me? I want to talk to you about the ball. But we talked about it yesterday and the day before. Grey, you simply must stay. You can't go home for Christmas. I need to see my family. But then you will miss the ball. Don't you want to see me in my dress? I should like to see you very much, but I'm sure I shall have many opportunities of seeing you equally charming at numerous other balls. And I cannot disappoint my family by postponing my visit. My sister's getting married. Is she? When? Next month. I want to help in her preparations and spend a little time with her. Who's she marrying? Mr Richardson. Mr who? The vicar of a neighbouring parish. Is he rich? Rich? No, he's comfortable. Handsome? Decent. Young? Middling. Oh, mercy. What's his house like? A quiet little vicarage with an old-fashioned garden. Oh, stop. You'll make me sick. How can she bear it? She's very happy. <laughs> and will she go about in a plain shawl and a straw hat, carrying bone soup to poor people? I expect she will. Our mother does. Oh, I would rather die. Oh, there's nothing for it, Grey. I'm going to have to get myself a lord. Despite Rosalie's protestations, I went home for Christmas. Agnes! Mother! Oh. <laughs> Let me look at you. How's father? No better, no worse. But you, you look so grown up. Oh, come here. Oh, happy Christmas, my love. You can imagine my delight on being at home. My happiness while there. I helped my sister prepare for her wedding. I sat with my father. 
When I first met your mother, Agnes, I couldn't believe how beautiful she was. I couldn't believe she would ever look at me. She was the squire's daughter. I know. But she did. She looked at me. She did. Marry for love, Agnes. Only for love. When the time came to depart, I hid my face and waved. Back at Horton, Rosalie and Matilda were full of their news. Now, Gray, shut the door and I'll tell you about the ball. No, damn it, let me tell her about my new mare. Such a corker. Can I take my coat off first? Though I'm sorry, Miss Matilda, you haven't stopped swearing in my absence. Gray, you never saw or even dreamt about anything like the ball. There were two noblemen, three baronets and five titled ladies... The ladies, of course, were of no interest to me, but I was just charming, wasn't I, Matilda? You were middling. <laughs> Everyone wanted to dance with me. I made so many conquests. I should think one would be enough, and only if it was mutual. Oh, don't preach now. There's a good creature. Sir Thomas Ashby couldn't keep his eyes off me, and neither could Mr Hatfield. The rector was at the ball. He didn't dance or anything, though I could tell he was dying to ask for my hand. By the way... He has a new curate. What's his name? Easton. Weston. Whatever. I can sum him in three words. Dull, ugly. That's two. (laughs) You'll see him for yourself at church. He really is so frightful. I was curious to see this new dull and ugly preacher. My opportunity came on Sunday. Miss Rosalie rushed me outside. Well, what do you think? What? Mr Weston. I have no idea. I haven't heard him preach. But isn't he ugly? He didn't strike me as ugly. The only thing I noticed was the way that he read the lesson as if he meant it. Oh, yes. That's all he's good for. Thank heavens I am not dependent on him for amusement. Oh, no. Don't look up. What's wrong? Mr Hatfield is coming right towards us. Pretend we're talking. We are talking. Yes, but pretend it's interesting. Miss Murray... Let me help you into your carriage. Thank you, Mr Hatfield. What a lovely sermon. One has to give the uneducated members of the parish something to think about. Half of them can barely string three intelligible words together. (laughs) I sometimes believe, Miss Murray, that were it not for the likes of such as yourself, my gifts would be lost on a parish like Horton. You safely in? Safe and sound. I hope to see you soon, Miss Murray. Well, I'm always walking with my book and visiting poor people. I'm sure our paths will cross in front of the park gates on Tuesday morning. Goodbye, Mr Hatfield. In front of the gates, Tuesday morning. (laughs) Miss Murray? Something's missing. Where's the governess? Bloody hell. Who are you? They are not your friends. There's nothing for it, Grey. I'm going to have to get myself a lord. Marry for love, Agnes. Only for love. I had kept my post as a governess for over two years. 
Yet never did I see one creature to whom I could open my heart or speak my thoughts. My companions were a pair of ignorant girls, and as I could not seem to make them better, I began to fear they would make me worse. Mama says we have to go and visit the poor. It's right that you should visit those less fortunate than yourselves, Miss Murray. Oh, don't be so tedious. Can't you go? Me? It's so smelly down there. Hmm. And they talk about such terrible things. And half of them are damn dying. Who are you supposed to be visiting? Nancy Brown. She has a horrid eye infection. And a cat. Please go, Grey. You like being good. Accordingly, I went and found Nancy in a small little cottage, thick with smoke, but as tidy and clean as she could make it. My eyes is no better, miss, but I am a deal easier in my mind. Oh, why's that? Do you know Mr Weston? The new preacher? Maybe you haven't seen him, miss, not to talk to. I hardly ever see anyone to talk to, Nancy, except the young ladies at the hall. He's not like the rector. Last time Mr Atfield came to visit, he only stayed long enough to ask if I had seen Miss Rosalie. And then he kicked the poor cat right across the floor. Mr Weston is different. How? Well, I thought him not so pleasant looking at first. Rather a bit (laughs) crossish. But he spoke so civil-like. And when the cat jumped on his knee, he just Stroked him and give him a smile. Does he visit you often? He comes all the time. You would like him, Miss Grey. He's like you. He's a good, kind person. In returning to the lodge, I felt happy. I was glad to see the world was not all made up of Bloomfields and Murrays and Hatfields. I had something new to think about. That Sunday was a day of peculiar delight for me. I liked to listen to Mr Weston. I knew he was not handsome. His dark brown hair was not carefully curled like Mr Hatfield's. And yet, he was not ugly either. Excuse me. Hello. I uh, think you dropped this. Oh, my glove. Yes, in the pew. Thank you, Mr... Uh, Weston. (laughs) I know. And you're the governess at the lodge, uh, Miss... Grey. (laughs) Nice day. Yes. Uh, May I walk you to the carriage? I saw then that he could smile. And very handsomely, too. The next visit I paid to Nancy, I found her in some anxiety about her cat. I tried reading, but she was not distracted. Timmy's been gone all day, Miss Grey. It's the gamekeepers I'm worried about. If they find him, they'll set their dogs on him. Who could that be? Excuse me, Miss Grey. The only other person who visits is... Mr. Weston! I saved Timmy, Nancy, from the hands, or rather the gun, of Mr. Murray's gamekeeper. God bless you, sir. Let me take him. Oh, Timmy, you naughty thing. Don't be worried sick. Miss Gray, I had no idea you were here. Mr. Weston, 
You'll both stay till this shower gets over. Here, Mr. Weston, you sit there beside Miss Gray. It's uh, raining. Yes. What a lot. Mr. Weston, you must let me brush those cat oh. hairs from your coat. You'll stay for tea. Oh, thank you, Nancy, but I've another cottage to visit. Uh, Miss Gray, I hope you'll make my peace with Mr. Murray. He was nearby when I rescued Timmy and treated me to some ungentlemanly language. I fear I retorted a trifle too warmly. I hope you didn't fall out with the master for the sake of Timmy. Oh, it's no matter, Nancy. I said nothing very uncivil. And now I really must go. Uh, good evening, Nancy. Miss Gray. Good evening, Mr Weston. But please don't depend on me for making your peace with Mr Murray. I never see him. At least he never speaks to me. I'm the governess. The loss is all his. This time, it was my turn to smile. Miss Murray now went to church twice on a Sunday because she so loved admiration she could not bear to lose a single opportunity of obtaining it. If weather permitted, she and Matilda would walk home. There was always a chance of being accompanied by a Captain Somebody and Lieutenant Somebody else. I, of course, always walked behind. Catching sight of wild pansies on such an occasion, I tried to reach one. Allow me. <laughs> Mr Weston. There. Thank you. Do you like flowers? Some more than others. Bluebells. Pansies. <laughs> they remind me of home. It must be a great comfort to know you have somewhere to go back to. I couldn't live without it. The ties that bind us to life are tougher than we imagine. You might be miserable without your home, but even you could live. The human heart is like India rubber. A little swells it, but not much can burst it. You speak from experience. My mother died a few months ago. I'm sorry. My home now is a little hired room in Horton. You don't know what happiness lies ahead of you. That's true. And neither do you. Good afternoon. Well, Gray, no wonder you lingered behind. We see it all. <laughs> we know now why she's so fond of visiting poor people. She goes to flirt with Mr Weston. <laughs> As for the pansy, I pressed it between the leaves of my Bible. I have it still. It was around this time Miss Matilda purchased a puppy. She soon became tired of Snap and allowed me to take care of him. One morning we were playing in the park when we caught sight of Miss Rosalie. The rector, Mr Hatfield, sauntered at her side. Snap! Snap, come back! Get off! Get off, you horrid thing! shall I see you again, Miss Murray? At church, I suppose. Unless your business chances to bring you here again, precisely the same moment I pass by. I could always have business here if I knew when and where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, be off with you. Good God! Where did she spring from? 
Gray has a habit of being in places even when you think she isn't. She's practically invisible. Mm. Goodbye, Miss Murray. <laughs> Did you ever see such a man? I thought I should never get rid of him. Your mama thinks you ought not to go beyond the park. Oh, mama is so tiresome. I wish you would go down on his knees tomorrow, just so that I could prove it to her. I could never fall in love with him. Then why do you encourage him? I must have someone to flirt with. But Mama won't let me flirt with anyone except Sir Thomas, for fear it will put him off. And Sir Thomas is the greatest scamp in the whole of England. Everyone knows that. Does your mother? Of course. But it's no great matter. We'll be all right when we're married. I only wish he was not so ugly. Then I should think Mr Hatfield would be a better husband. And so he would, if he were Lord of Ashby Park. But he isn't. And Ashby Park is what I must have. I shall just have to enjoy as much flirting as I can before I get there. She talked no more to me about the rector. But I could see that her mind, if not her heart, was fixed upon him still. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you unwell? The truth is, I'm thinking of a poor person. And I would like to give him some money, but Mama would not approve. You want me to go? I will just stay here. I won't go anywhere. Oh, please do it, Grey. And take that mangy dog, will you? I delivered the half-crown and read to the cottager a little while, and then I hurried back. Of course, there was no sign of Rosalie. But instead... Miss Grey. Mr Weston. At least it's not raining. (laughs) (laughs) No. Who's this? Snap. Miss Matilda's dog. But she doesn't like him. No one does except me. I like him. (laughs) I think you like animals. I have a cat at home. And once I... What? uh, I lost my post for trying to save some birds. Grey! Grey! That's news! I should leave you. Uh, uh, You will never guess who came upon me just after you had gone. Was it by any chance, Mr Hatfield? I took care not to compromise myself, but the wretch chose to interpret my amiability his own way, and you'll never guess what. I think I have an idea. He proposed. And what did you say? I said I couldn't possibly marry him. He looked as if he could have died. He asked if money would have made any difference. I said he could be the richest man in England. I still wouldn't. You said that? You have to put these men down, Grey. Then what did he do? The arrogant wretch accused me of flirting. He begged me not to mention our conversation to anyone. Yes, yes, I said. And then he ran away, longing, no doubt, to get home and cry. I wouldn't be surprised if he burst into tears before he got there. But you've broken your promise already. How? You've told me. You don't count. You're in a very odd mood. I suppose you're envious. I shall go and tell Mama. I did not envy her. I was disgusted at her heartless vanity. But the following morning at church, she was despondent. Perhaps she missed Mr Hatfield's attention after all. 
You are alone once again, Miss Gray. Yes. And yet you are surrounded by people. I'm not in their class, Mr. Weston. Or rather, they consider themselves as moving in a very different sphere from me. Are you so unsociable that you cannot make friends? No. But I never made one yet, and in my present position, there's no possibility of doing so. The fault may be partly in myself, but I hope not altogether. Uh, the fault is partly in society, and partly in your neighbours, and partly, too, in yourself. But your pupils should be companions for you, in some degree. But I cannot call them my friends, nor would they think of bestowing such a name on me. Perhaps you are too wise for them. Do you read? Reading's my favourite occupation. Oh, Mr. Weston. Oh, please, uh, call, call me Edward. <sighs> oh, maybe you and I can be friends. <laughs> Are you uh, off to visit the poor, uh, Mr. Weston? I am on my way to see one of my parishioners, Miss Murray. It's so wonderful, the work you do. It's my vocation. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm always visiting... Poor people, aren't I, Grey? I could not speak. I saw the bright smile with which she looked into his. I trembled. Oh, poor Grey. She looks cold. I must take her home, Mr. Weston. Thank you for walking with us. The pleasure was all mine. <laughs> goodbye, Mr. Weston. <laughs> yes, goodbye. <sighs> there. I knew I could do it. Do what? Fix that man. What in the world do you mean? I mean that he will go home and dream of me. I have shot him, Grey. I have shot him through his little heart. Mr. Weston is different. Maybe you and I can be friends. I have shot him, Grey. I have shot him through his little heart. I was Grey, the governess. I was supposed to feel nothing. And yet it could not be so wrong to love Mr. Weston, if only from a distance. It was one of the gloomiest of April Sundays. None of the Murrays were disposed to attend church, except, of course, for Rosalie. I went with her, for there I might look without fear upon a form and face more pleasing to me than the most beautiful of God's creations. Thank God that's over. Follow me to the porch. Is there someone you're hoping to meet? Maybe. As I picked up her bonnet and prayer book, my heart was beating fast. I, too, was hoping to meet someone. Well, the carriage is just over there at the gate. Look. Well, I am not going out in that rain. But everyone is gone. Lord Ashby is not here and the rector looks busy. Who gives a fig about the rector? I've moved on. Uh, Mr. Weston! Miss Murray? <laughs> Miss Gray? Mr. Weston. What awful weather. Uh, only a shower. I shall probably catch my death. I just had to come to church. You read so... nicely. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> Please, take my coat. Would you mind putting it round my shoulders, Mr. Weston? My poor arms are so cold, I just can't lift them. There. Thank you. I wonder if you would be so kind as to come with me tomorrow to visit a, a poor 
sick old lady in the parish. She really is so poor, so sick. Who exactly is this person, Miss Rosalie? A poor, sick one. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> Shall we say ten o'clock? Ah, here comes Forbes, my umbrella. Thank you, Mr. Weston. Can I offer you my coat, Miss Gray? No, thank you. I love rain. Oh, but you'll get soaked. I would have sent the footman back for you, Gray, if I had known you'd get so wet. It's nothing. It's like sitting with a giant puddle. Oh, oh there he is. Mr. Weston! Goodbye! 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 Mind! Oh, oh, oh. Why did he look up? Perhaps because we almost ran him into the ditch. Stupid ass. He doesn't know what he's lost. What has he lost? A smile for me that would have raised him to the seventh heaven. Well, what a shame he missed that. I mean to take up with Mr. Weston instead of Mr. Hatfield. Did you hear, Gray? I heard... The ball at Ashby Place takes place on Tuesday. Mama is certain Sir Thomas will propose. But if I am to be married so soon, I must make the best of the present. I must do all the flirting I possibly can. Hatfield will not be the only clerical man to lay his heart at my feet. I shall have Weston too. And what will you do if he asks you to marry him? I don't want to marry the man. I just want him to feel my power. Why can't you feel your own power? without making other people do it for you. What? You talk such riddles, Gray. And you're dripping. I said nothing for the rest of the journey. But back in my room at Horton Lodge, I threw off my wet coat and hat. And I admit, I wept. It was the evening of the ball at Ashby Hall. Well, Gray, how do I look? Beautiful. Look at the two of us, in the glass. Me so dressed up, and you so ordinary. You really do look like a ghost, Grey. Well, wish me luck. Mama is convinced this is the night. Lord Ashby has to propose. I do wish you luck. I wish you all the luck in the world. I'll tell you all about it in the morning. I was made to love, and yet here I must sit, silent and plain, whilst others around me found one another and were happy. Gray, are you awake? He did it. I am going to be Lady Ashby. The wedding is set for six weeks' time. That's very soon. But think how lovely I will look in my bridal dress. And then there will be the honeymoon... And all those people to meet, and every night a new man to dance with. Won't you be dancing with Sir Thomas? That's the only problem. Miss Rosalie? It's all wonderful, of course. Very wonderful. I just wish the wedding wasn't happening so soon. If you're not sure, Miss Rosalie, you don't have to marry him. What? And be like you? Of course I shall marry him. I'm only sad because I have hardly any time to flirt with Mr. Weston and break his little heart. I had no more pity for her. She deserved Sir Thomas after all. She began her project to ensnare Mr. Weston at once. 
Letters came every day from Sir Thomas, but these she barely looked at. Her time was taken up suddenly in visits to the sick and poor. I'm off to another humble dwelling. I could come. No, Grey, you stay here. Do some knitting or something. I'll take Matilda. She embraced every opportunity of meeting Mr Weston and tried every art to fascinate him as if she really loved him. Afterwards, she took great delight in telling me all about it. Of course he was there. Lord Ashby? Mr Weston. What did he say? He wondered why you were never with us anymore and thought you must have very delicate health as you come out so seldom. He didn't. Matilda, you're talking oh, nonsense. Rosalie, what a lie. Did you know? And you said... Stop pinching me! And Rosalie told him, Grey, that you were quite well and there was no need for him to worry about you, but you're always so buried in your books you take no pleasure in anything else. But that is not the case. If you had said, I'm so busy I cannot leave the house, that would have been nearer the truth. You could take walks, if you wanted. It's not my fault if you're plain and quiet and no-one notices you. Only those who have felt like me can imagine my feelings as I sat with an assumption of smiling indifference, listening to the accounts of those meetings and interviews with Mr Weston, which they seemed to find such pleasure in describing to me. Nobody knew him as I did. Nobody could appreciate him as I did. Nobody could love him as I... might... At least there was my little dog. Snap! Snap! Come here, boy. Come. Are you saying goodbye to him? Why would I say goodbye? Haven't you heard? Father's given him to the rat catcher. He's fetching Snap today. What? But everyone knows how the rat catcher treats his dogs. It's an animal, Grey. No, you can't. Two days later, my mother wrote to tell me that my father's health was worse. Wherever I looked, I seemed to see black clouds and the angry muttering of a storm that was about to burst. June came. Rosalie was married. There's no going back. I'm a married woman. I've come to receive your congratulations and then I'm off. So... Why don't you congratulate me? I can't congratulate you until I know whether this is really for the better. But I hope it is. I wish you true happiness. <laughs> you sound like a poem, Grey. Well, goodbye. The carriage is waiting. Goodbye, Lady Ashby. I will miss you, dear strange thing. I will miss you more than you'll know. I really loved her then and forgave her from my heart all the injury she had done me. Now that Rosalie was married, her mother turned her attentions to her sister. She asked me to focus on her feminine side. Oh, this is absurd! This knitting is all holes. That's because you dropped all your stitches, Miss Matty. Oh, can't we go chasing dogs? And she had no interest in the other ladylike pursuits I suggested as the weeks wore on. Oh, this book. It makes me want to kill myself. It's so dull. We could speak French. 
office. Speak what? Or we could practice deportment. I'd rather stick pins in my eyes. A walk? To the stables? You're banned from the stables. <sighs> Do I have to take a hat? And your parasol. Oh, bloody hell, Grey. It's so goddamn dull being a woman. On one of these walks, we chanced to meet Mr Weston. I felt my heart throb violently. But I think he hardly glanced at me. I was soon calm enough. Have you heard from your sister, Miss Murray? She was in Paris when she last wrote. She seemed very well and very happy. Oh, I hope she will continue to be so. Prince! Prince, come back! Uh, he spotted a hare. I doubt she'll stop him killing it. I doubt she wants to. I uh, haven't seen you for a while. No, I... I You've been kept busy? Yes. I uh, missed your company. How snap? Oh, he got taken to the rat catcher. I am sorry. Do you think Lady Ashby will be happy? I cannot tell. Sir Thomas may be a better man than I suppose, but from all I've heard and seen, it seems a pity. It was her mother's wish, I suppose? It was her own, too. She laughed at my attempts to dissuade her. Oh, you did attempt it? Then at least you have the satisfaction of knowing it was no fault of yours. As for Mrs Murray, I don't know how she can justify her conduct. Some people think rank and wealth the chief good. If they can secure that for their children, they think they've done their duty. Look what I have! Was it your intention to save that hair or to kill it, Miss Murray? <laughs> Did you not enjoy the fun, Miss Gray? I didn't watch, Miss Matilda. What about you, Mr West? Where is he? Damn fool's gone. But a few days later, we saw him again. Miss Gray. Bluebells. I've hardly seen you these last two months, but I've not forgotten that you like me. Thank you. I was told you are a perfect bookworm, Miss Gray. That's damn true. She always has her face in a book. I don't. You shouldn't believe everything you're told, Mr. Weston. I hope this is not true at any rate. Why? Do you object to a woman studying? Not at all. I... But I object to someone devoting themselves so much to one thing that they lose sight of everything else. Good morning, ladies. Odd fellow. Hmm? Always turning red and running off. Can't see what Rosie saw in him. I'm famished, Grey. Let's find cake. It was a simple act of goodwill, but it gave me a cheerful evening, a night of pleasing dreams, and a morning of felicitous hope. But alas, that hope was quenched in a moment by a letter. Bad news? It's from my mother. You look ill, Grey. It's my father who's ill. I need to go home. You can't go home. It's not the vacation. I, I need you here. I'm sorry, Miss Matilda. I have to see him one last time. 
I don't want to marry the man. I just want him to feel my power. He wondered why you were never with us anymore. I missed your company. It's my father who's ill. I need to go home. I was so glad to see you. How is he? Can I see him? Agnes. Oh, no. He spoke your name. I'm too late. My father's remains were consigned to the tomb. Mary returned with her husband to the vicarage. With sad faces and sombre garments, my mother and I sat making plans for the future. Your grandfather has been so kind as to write to me. Your father? I thought he disowned you when you married. He did. He says he has no doubt I repent my unfortunate marriage. If I confess I was wrong, he will make a lady of me again and remember my girls in his will. He says that. Will you pass me paper and ink, Agnes? I want to answer him straight away. Yeah. I want to tell him he is mistaken. He is mistaken in supposing that I regret the birth of my daughters. Or the 30 years that I passed in the company of my best and dearest friend. I no more repent the hours and days and years we spent together than I repent life itself. I loved your father. Do I have your consent? She wrote the letter. From that day we heard no more of our grandfather or his money. But my mother had always been a practical woman. She had new plans. A school? You and I? By the sea? <laughs> you look shocked. No. Terrified? No. I... You wanted to see the world? Yes, I, I do. I do. We can sell up. With your savings and mine, we can buy a new house in some fashionable resort. Take in a few young ladies as boarders and as many day pupils as we can find. You mean I'll never go back to Horton? Only to say goodbye. After all, there's nothing to keep you there. What do you have to lose? And so I returned to Horton to hand in my notice. I sat with Miss Matilda. I heard Miss Rosalie's news. But there was really only one person I wished to see. But one day followed another. I walked. I visited Nancy. I did not see him, except, of course, at church. No man hath seen and then we never spoke. We and now the last Sunday was come, and the last service... I was on the point of melting into tears. It was over. The congregation was departing, and I must follow. I hear you're leaving, Miss Gray. Tomorrow. So soon? My mother's bought a house in Scarborough. I suppose you'll be happy? To go. I suppose. In some ways. What could make you regret it? Why should you suppose I dislike this place? 
You told me. You said you could not live happily without a friend. I said I could not live without a friend in the world. I was not so foolish as to think I should have one always near me. And besides, we cannot leave a place where we have lived three years without some feeling of regret. But you said once that the heart is like India rubber. It bounces back. Yes. Though I'm beginning to believe it may tear a little. It is possible, of course. I, I mean, we might meet again. I don't see how. It's a long way. Would it be of any consequence to you? I should be very glad to meet you again. The truth is, I want that more than anything. Miss Gray. Miss Matilda is waiting. I must go. Scarborough, you said? And so I went to join my mother. I set myself with befitting energy to discharge the duties of this new life. And for the first few weeks, I was not unhappy. But... It is possible, of course... I mean, we might meet again. His words rang in my ears. They were my secret solace. Time wore on. Agnes, a letter. For me, the writing on the envelope seems to be a gentleman's. You're trembling. I'm not. You can barely hold the knife. Do you need my help? <laughs> no. Oh, bad news. It's from Mary. Is something wrong? Ah, uh, no, she's, um... Well, it's a lovely letter. Uh, her husband must have written the envelope. Were you expecting someone else to write? No. I'm not expecting anything. How could I have dreamt that he would write? What grounds had I for hope? Early in June, I received another letter, but this time I knew the hand. Of course, Grey, I have been living a terribly wicked life. But I find I miss you. I want you to visit. There are plenty of books for you to read. I forget whether you like babies or not. Anyway, I have one. Write by return of post to say you will come. But this time, comes my friend. Ashby Park was not far from Horton. I might see Mr Weston again. I might at least hear his news. I replied, in the affirmative. Matilda is still wild, but she has a very fashionable governess. You should see Matty, she dresses like a lady. But don't worry, she's still swearing. <laughs> And how are the other people getting on who live in Horton? Nancy, for instance. Who? We used to visit her. Oh, the poor people. Yes, they're still around. And um, Mr. most of the young men are heartbroken, you know. Uh, why? Because I'm married. I saw a great deal of one of them when we were in London. He followed me like a shadow. You needn't look so shocked, Grey. I was very discreet. But you know, one can't help being admired. Poor fellow. He was not my only worshipper. But my husband hurried me down to the country at a moment's notice, where I'm to play the hermit, I suppose. 
for the rest of my life. Mr Hatfield? What's become of him? The rector? Oh, he made up to an elderly spinster and married her, hoping to find solace in her gold. <laughs> and, um, Mr Weston? Who? The curate. Oh, the sweet, ugly one. He's gone. Gone from Horton? Why? Where is he now? Oh, I haven't a clue. He went about a month ago. A new parish, I suppose. But now I positively must go and dress. If I turn up at dinner looking like this, I shall never hear the end of it. You're fine as you are, Grey. You always were. The following morning, we took a walk in the park before my carriage arrived. I detest him. Who? My husband. You detest him? Yes. Yes, I do. And I despise him. And if you knew him, you would not blame me. Rosalie, I... I know you warned me. I wish I had listened, but Mama was so sure. And then I thought he adored me. But he keeps me here like a prisoner, whilst he has his betting books and his gaming table and his opera girls, not to mention his wine. Oh, my dear Rosalie, I... I tried to comfort her before we parted. The best way to enjoy yourself is to do what is right. Right. <laughs> it's a bit late for that now. He liked you. Weston. I treated you both badly. I would give 10,000 worlds to be my old self again. It was with a heavy heart that I left poor Lady Ashby in her princely home. I was happy to be with my mother again in our white house by the sea. For the first time, it felt like home. Waking, I thought how pleasant it would be to take a solitary walk along the sands while the rest of the world was in bed. Light shone on the smooth, wide bay. The waves sparkled as if wild with joy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Snap! What are you doing here? Your dog remembers you, Miss Gray. Mr. Weston! You rise early? I... Like to walk here. <laughs> what part of town do you live? I never could discover. Where do I live? Have you forgotten? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I live just the other side. We have our school now. We're doing well. I heard as much. You did? I walk the town every day. I could just never find you. Well... Here I am. Yes. Here you are. You don't ask why I'm here? 
You can't suppose I'm rich enough to be on holiday. I know you left Horton. Did you know I got the living of another parish? About two miles away. I didn't hear that. No. I have a house, too. And £300 a year. In fact, I have nothing to complain about. Nothing except solitude, of course. And wishing for a friend. Well, I suppose you'll find one. You must have many opportunities now for making friends. There must be lots of ladies in your parish. There are, but none to suit me. Snap. I won't offer to restore him to you, Miss Gray. I like him. <laughs> oh, I don't want him now. He has a good master. I'm happy. You take it for granted that I am a good master. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I know all the ladies in my parish and several in this town too. But not one of them will suit me for a friend. There is only one person in the world that will. Agnes Gray, you told me once, you led me to believe there was nothing in the world you wanted so much as for to make a friend. Could I be that man? You could. Could you love me, Agnes? I do. Will you? Yes. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> Yes, I will.